Hey, Ross. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. You ready to know everything? I'm ready to know everything. Okay, let's do it. So, I wanted to tell you a story. I'm listening. It's a story about lollipops. Yum! No, not yum. But you also have to learn a lesson. Okay, not yum and a lesson. Nevertheless, there's lollipops. I'm in. Okay, so every Friday, my teacher, if you have done your homework, passes out lollipops. Hmm. Okay. A prize. No, that's the problem. I don't like lollipops. I used to, but now I don't. I don't know why. It's magic or something. <laughs> But anyway, back to the story. What I always do is I give my lollipops to Sylvie, my best friend. She's always grateful for that second lollipop because she likes lollipops. Makes sense to me. But every so often, I think, hmm, maybe I do like lollipops. I mean, everybody else likes lollipops. You're kind of supposed to like lollipops. Maybe I do, and I just don't know it. So I take off the wrap. I raise it slowly to my mouth, and I lick it really quick. What happens? It tastes disgusting. Blech. Horrible. Blech. You really don't like lollipops. I'm getting to be convinced. Yes. So I have to throw it away, because I can't give it back, because, duh, I licked it. I can't give it to Sylvie, because, again, duh, I licked it. So I just have to throw it away, and it's wasted. What a waste, and a bad experience to boot. I know, right? Hmm. You said there was a lesson. Yes. The lesson of this story is, if you don't like something, even if people tell you you should, even if you feel like you should, even if everybody else does, don't do it. Hmm. These are very wise words, and they came from a lollipop. I like that. Yeah. Is there an example in my life that you see? Yes. What is it? So, sometimes you read the news, and then you go, Ugh, maybe upset, why did I read that? Urgh, now I just have to throw it away. Hm. That is a true story. I do do that sometimes. And so, just don't do it. Mm. So even though some people like reading the news, if I see over and over again that it's not working very well for me to read the news, I could maybe not read the news, or at least read it less frequently. Exactly. I like that. I think next time I pull up a news website or Twitter and I get frustrated, instead of blaming myself, I will just say to myself calmly and kindly, lollipops, and I will put the non-treat away. Sounds good. We've covered lollipops. Are you ready for today's poem? Yes, I'm ready for today's poem. Okay, it's short, but it's sharp, and it's by Emily Dickinson. A word is dead when it is said, some say. I say it just begins to live that day. Now you say it. A word is dead when it is said, 
Some say. I say it just begins to flip that day. Well read. This poem is a whole opinion essay in just six lines. Let's break it down. According to her, what do some people argue? Some people argue that the moment you say a word, it's dead, gone, forever. And what does she believe? She believes that when you say a word, it just begins to live and thrive. What do you think that means? Well, I think it can mean multiple things. One definition that you could say is that some people think that a word is gone forever when you say it. But you can't erase words, and it really just hangs in your memory forever. Another definition is that a word is stored away in your brain. And then once you say it, it comes to life. It can cause so many things. One word, for example, could be fire. Hmm. It could destroy an entire city. Wow. Or it could save everybody. If someone yells fire, it could tell everyone that there's danger there and they need to start running. Yes, but if it's an army general and he yells fire, that could kill thousands of people. Wow. A word comes alive and people fall. Well, we have brought many words to life in that case with that poem and with our discussion so far. Thank you. You too. The last part of the show. Do you have a question that you think about all day and all night and it's all that's on your mind? Well, I don't know if I think about it all day and all night, but I do have a vexing question for you. Is that good enough? Fair enough. Okay. My vexing question is this. Does Netflix make a profit? I know they have lots of people paying to subscribe to it, but they also make so many shows and those have to be expensive. Wow. That's a really good question. To be honest, I don't know. I'm going to do some research and get back to you. Fair. I'm back. I looked it up, and I did not expect that. Huh. What'd you find out? At first, when I looked it up, I thought, oh, surely they must make something. They have to. So, in short, the answer is yes. I just need to figure out why. So, I did some research. What'd you find out? Well, it turns out that no. The answer is actually no. I did not expect that. I was so surprised. But that's because they spend a lot of money doing advertising, paying people, their officers, their jobs, the tech people. So many things cost money. So they're borrowing a ton to pay for that, and they're in debt. Hmm, can I see the exact numbers? Sure. All right, here's what I see. Their assets, the value of everything they got paid or own, was $6.1 billion last year. That's a lot of money coming in. But you're right. Their liabilities, what they had to pay or owe, was $6.9 billion. So they were $800 million short. Wow. 
That's more money than just your weekly allowance. <laughs> I'll say. And if you look in the future, it gets even crazier. They have this category that's kind of science fiction. It says non-current assets and non-current liabilities. So that's their prediction for the future. And they say, in the future, we think we're going to make $28 billion. And in the future, we think we're going to owe $20 billion. So in the future, we'll be $8 billion ahead instead of $800 million behind. But the future is kind of hard to predict. I think that's something we've learned in the last few weeks, isn't it? Yep. Well, we'll see. Good luck, Netflix, I suppose. And in the meantime, watch while you can, everybody. Yeah. That was so fun. Thank you, Dad. That was so fun. Thank you, Rasa. I guess we're on our way to knowing everything, but we're not quite there yet. Next time, my turn. Yes, we'll be evil geniuses by the end of this. <laughs> you Must Know Everything was produced by me, Rasa Smith, and him, Jeremy Smith. And the amazing music was by Furniture. Please rate, review, and share the show. And please tune in next time for everything you need to know. <laughs>